You're listening to Real Talk, the best podcast to listen to for the latest. In- I I messed up. Let's go. podcast to listen to for the latest in entertainment. I'm Lesson Seaburn. Today I'll be talking about the latest tear jerker out in theaters now, Beautiful Boy. I'm excited, so let's get started. What is up, guys? What is up? It's Friday. It's Friday, and I am so excited. Here in Milwaukee, it's actually snowing, and that just made me even more excited for this day to start. And I'm... It's all around just a good week, and it's a great episode today because... I've been saying excited a lot in like 30 seconds, but I really want to talk about the film that I saw last night. Beautiful boy. There's a lot to say. It is really, and like no pun intended, but like it really is a beautiful film. There are a lot of good things about particularly the writing and just like the overall look of the film and some of the performances. So let's get right into it. So how you doing? I'm doing great, you know, just um um just doing what needs to be done and What does oh, that mean? I'm sorry, Dad. Um why don't we just have lunch and talk? We can do that, right? Mm. Please. You think that you have this under control. I understand why I do things, it doesn't make me any different. You're just embarrassed because I was like, you know, I was like this amazing thing, like your special creation or something. And you don't like who I am now. Yeah, who are you, Nick? This is me, Dad. Here, this is who I am. This is not you. This is not you, Nick. What are you doing, huh? You always gotta be controlling everything all the time. Let me, let me book your room no, at a hotel for no, a couple of nights. Dad. I don't want it to go like this. There's a lot of places that I could start. Uh, I'll kind of wait to talk about the performances. I just want to start off by talking about the script. That's written by Luke Davies and Felix Van um, Grenigan. And it's, it's very real. It's very real. It's not like... With a story like this, so Beautiful Boy is about um, Nick Chef, who is played by Timothy Chalamet. And uh, Nick is an addict to crystal meth and um his dad he has this um very close relationship with his father david chef played by um steve carell and it's just the dad wanting to save him but his son not wanting to be controlled and there's this just constant struggle of i want to survive but i also want to do what makes me feel good and it's based off of a true story, um, specifically about Nick Chef and David Chef. They're real people, but also this this is just a real story that happens all over the U.S. It's um, unfortunately too um, too common um, the uh, amount of people that struggle with addiction in the United States. And the film really ended on a just like a, a few facts up on the screen of just. 
um, people struggle, like, then they give numbers, and it really was, so it turned into a, hey, you saw this one story, but there are thousands more, and um, you can help to, like, help these people, and especially after watching this film, you almost want to, because it, if, if you never really kind of got to see what it's like inside the world of addiction, um, now, I have not had that experience, but I feel like this was very real. At least not, at least if not in the family side, at least you just, you see like they, they did it carefully and they, um, I don't think it was over dramatized. You saw the struggle, um, where, um, he thinks he's doing better and then he relapses and then it gets better and then he relapses, um, and it, it it was heartbreaking, that alone was heartbreaking to see, um, I, uh, it really hit me in several moments like that, just seeing him relapsing and, um, doing, like, doing a drug in the, like, he did several types, but, like, um, anytime it showed him, uh, I'm not a queasy person, I'm fine with needles, and I'm fine with blood, but there was just something about those shots where I saw that, and I knew what was happening, and I knew he was going back down down the hole, that I was like, oh my goodness. Um, the writing is so very smart, um, it really does feel real, you really do get the sense that this is a father and son that's really, really incredibly close. Um, uh, the father got divorced and won custody, and so now it's really just been them for most of their lives together. Um, so it's just a very different situation. And um, just the way they talk to each other is not something you would expect, but it doesn't feel like mm, too unrealistic for me. I was still able to get into the world of the film and see this just different relationship. Um, and I think that really is what helped with um, later on in the script when he starts relapsing or lying to his to his dad that um, that's why those moments hurt even more because you see these really, gr really great, sweet moments um, earlier on in the film or just like throughout with flashbacks that you're like, oh no, like, this is just kind of like hurting those moments almost. Um, moving on, I really want to talk about the acting. Uh, let's start out by talking about Timothy Chalamet um, and his role. He's just coming off of this brand new, uh, or, or this just like, big like breakout role in uh, Call Me By Your Name and also in Lady Bird but like those two movies were really his big first roles um, that got him a lot of attention in the past Oscar season and I have no doubt in saying that this film will give him a lot of attention for Oscars um, it's very early on so you think like it's too early but when you see his performance in this, if not an Oscar, at least a Golden Globe. But, um, and I'm not saying winning, I'm just saying nomination. 
if not an Oscar, at least a Golden Globe. But I'm very certain that he's got an uh, he's got an Oscar nom for this. This is this was one heck of a performance for him. Uh, it was probably I I feel like even harder to do than like Call Me by Your Name. It is a very tough role to get into, um, and he does it so carefully. Um, there, there's a really cool moment in the film where he's at Thanksgiving with his girlfriend's house, uh, at his girlfriend's house, and um, he had just returned from the bathroom, and he's sitting at the table, and like you, you can tell inside his head he's not happy, and he's not all right. But on the outside, you're not seeing that like you're seeing him smiling and like um the music starting to drown out all of like the natural sound in the living room so you kind of hear muffled conversation of everyone talking at the dinner table and him reacting and laughing but then that's all starting to muffle and drown out as the music swells in and you you really just get that sense that like how he's acting right now is not how he's acting on the inside. Like you know, like he's playing these two different emotions where he's like, I'm gonna act like everything's fine, but really it's not. And Steve Crow does that exact same thing in um two other instances in the film. And let's just get right into it and talk about Steve Corral. Now again, uh the one movie that I have not seen um from him uh is Foxcatcher and I really want to, but um and I will now, because I do want to compare his performance in that with this film. But uh, I'm going to leave that aside. I think ever since The Office ended and he kind of took a step out of comedy and went into drama, it has been an amazing career choice for him. Again, I have not seen Foxcatcher, and that gave him a lot of attention. and he, um, People really liked him in that. But I have not seen him in that, and even if I have, I feel like what people would say about this performance is that this is his best performance ever. There are moments, yes, when he, he he's yelling and screaming at his son, and part of me like thought of this famous moment from... Um, his comedy with Paul Rudd. You know, the the classic Kelly Clarkson line where um, he, he's screaming and he's in a certain pitch that uh, kind of sounded like moments when he's screaming at Timothy Chalamet in Beautiful Boy. And so part of my brain's like, oh, that sounds like that moment in the comedy. But really... Um, I tried to forget about all that and I feel like I did and I really just got invested into his character now and that that pitch that he reaches suddenly isn't like him being comedic it's him being just um in so much agony and pain and um loving his boy that uh his, um, certain moments are just hurting him. Um, 
I really do think this is one of his best performances yet. It is. It, it, if Timothy Chalamet doesn't get any nominations, Steve Carell better for his role in this because I will be blown away if they just completely like, mm, never mind, it's not that good. Because no, it. I was so blown away. Um, most of the moments that really got to me were his moments where um, he finishes talking on the phone with Nick and then hangs up and then he just breaks down where he's sitting. Um, and, like, basically, like, this story is about his character. I feel like Nick Chef is not the main character in this story. It, it's David, and it's him figuring out how he can save his son. And you reach that climax that is just heartbreaking to see in the film of how David develops, how Steve Carell develops his character, and the ultimate conclusion that David comes up with at the end of the film is just tremendously heartbreaking. Um, and you want to be optimistic, but it's very difficult because this film is very real, and so you want to be, but you know it's probably not going to all work out in the end. Um, I'm trying not to spoil it, but... I mean, it is based off of a true story, and it's off based off of two books, which I found really interesting. They really got inspired by... David Chef wrote a book called Beautiful Boy. Like, the real David Chef wrote a book called Beautiful Boy, but then also the real Nick Chef, the son, um, wrote a book called Tweak. Um, that both of those films... Um, uh, gave inspiration for both of those books gave inspiration for this film um, there is a, another heartbreaking moment with um, the stepmom Maura Tierney played by Karen Barber where um, she's chasing after Nick in her car um and then she just kind of stops and she's like, I can't go any further. And she just breaks down and you're just like, oh my goodness. Um, I also want to say the casting for this film was just overall phenomenal. I think one thing that was really cool was there are three different versions of Nick. There's like a four to six year old, a preteen-ish Nick, or 12 year old, and then... 18-year-old Timothy Chalamet, and they all, like, all three of those actors really share similarities, um, where they literally look like the same person, and just age, like, they, um, and I think that was really cool, and that really helped, um, so that anytime you went to a flashback, you know, you knew which one was, uh, Nick, you knew which which kid was Nick in the flashback. Um, what else do I want to? Oh, I uh, lastly, um, well, there are two things I can get into. Um, 
I also wanted to bring up cinematography in this film. This uh, I looked it up on IMDb, like uh, during the credits, because um, I missed the person's name. But the the cinematographer was a name that I was not familiar with at all. Um, it's Ruben. Uh, I want to make sure I say his name right. Ruben Impens, and he's known for films like. The Broken Circle Breakdown Raw, uh, Belgica, 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 Cafe Derby, um, all films I've never heard of, um, some shorts, some TV series, the only notable one that I am familiar with is, uh, uh, he, uh, was cinematographer for an episode of Black Mirror, um, uh, in the episode called Men Against Fire, which is the one episode that I have not seen yet. Um, but in this film, it really just, the, the cinema, cinematography enhanced the story. There are moments of color that really stuck out to me where I'm like, ooh, that's a cool shot. Um, when... Nah, I won't say that scene because it kind of spoils. But there is a moment where, uh, in a scene with Steve Carell and the the stepmom, uh, where there's just like a lot of green light on them, and it just it looks really cool. Um, there there are a lot of shadows and moments. They uh, they do some cool things with shadows, and then just movement in general, following the characters around. That, um you really feel close. Uh, there are a lot of close-ups. Like, most of the shots are close-ups. Um, and, uh, personally for me, uh, I really liked that. I love, I love close-ups for films, uh, in, in film. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of a sucker for them. Um, even like the closer the better in this film uh, there's just a really cool thing with um, keeping the camera close to all the actors so that you really feel in the action and then uh, when you witness certain events like um, uh, like uh, Nick's uh, putting the needle in his arm that it's just that much more impactful because you feel like you're right there witnessing, but you can't do anything to stop him, and you want to save him too. And just like, uh, just like his father, you want to save him, and you want to say, "Stop! You were doing so well, but you can't." And so it, it it hurts even more, and it's shocking even more. And that's kind of like what got to me. Even though, like I said, like needles and blood and all that, they don't get to me. Like I'm fine. I can I can watch that stuff, but. Um, those moments did uh and i think that's really cool when uh a film particularly in the way it's shot so in the cinematography things that you don't think would normally scare you or make you uneasy or nervous do i think that's really cool when films can do that um it's just really smart uh also there are a lot of uh interesting editing choices um, it feels different from, like, the normal, like, studio film, 
Uh, there are a lot of like cool techniques that you usually don't see in film. A lot of jump cuts that um, normally when people see them, they're like, oh, that's a mistake. But you see it multiple times throughout this film. And uh, it's just interesting because you normally don't see techniques like that in the general like um, big studio film, uh, big budget film at least. And uh, the editor here just wanted to try some new things. Um to help tell the story, and I think smart choices are made. One other thing that I want to point out is um, the song Beautiful Boy um, by John, Le John Lennon does this really cool thing in the beginning and end where you hear these sounds of waves crashing, and um, throughout the entire film, the sound of... Uh, the sound of, let me start over. One other thing about Beautiful Boy is the sound. It is very smart, very intricate, very well thought out. And uh, throughout the entire film, you hear these sounds of waves crashing, even when you're not seeing the waves and you're like, where are those coming from? And it, always, it comes full circle and then you see... Um, you see in one particular scene why those waves happen. But also what's really cool is in John Lennon's Beautiful Boy, you uh, you hear in the beginning and end of the song these waves crashing. And I just think that's just an interesting tie-in. But overall, the entire score is very... Um, anytime you hear music, it's really like... Um, these like rock songs um, or, or songs from like Nirvana, um, like those just like very edgy um, types of sounds and the moments that aren't songs that are just like underscore music, um, uh, that still matches the songs that we're playing. Uh, you just have these very edgy sounds that almost don't sound like music. They just sound like noise being made by something that you can't figure out what it is but just these buzzes and um just these vibrations being created um anytime like intense mo that just like really build on the intense moments of um uh of the of the scene and one critique i do have is whenever there the there were these really emotional moments they weren't really paired with music score. They were usually paired by a song um, that was just like a very like beautiful and emotional song. And I really wish that the film didn't quite rely on that um, to build on the emotion, that they just kept the emotion from the actors and the scene that was happening because it that definitely worked. Um, there were moments when I was getting, um, that it was just hitting me that like, um, definitely I was feeling it because of the music, but then I thought about it and I'm like, actually, like these actors are just really, really good and they're really playing the scene and I'm feeling the intensity and the emotion. And so definitely some of like um, those moments, I did feel it because of the music, but I also could just feel it in the actors and I wish they didn't rely on those songs and just did some sort of underscore and like kept the sounds like, it's almost like, 
there were a lot of like cymbal crashes. There's just a lot of like just like buzz like that. Like it doesn't even sound like like a low note on a piano. It just sounds like a low hum from something like a machine or something. Just this edge that matches the like the songs from like Nirvana and whatnot earlier. Um, it, it music has, or the sound in general of this film is really really smart, and I really do like it. Um, and that's all I got. I'm and that's all I got on Beautiful Boy. I really enjoyed this film. That's all I got to say about Beautiful Boy. It's still out in theaters. If you're in Milwaukee, go see it in the Downer Theater. That's where I saw it. It's a really cool experience. That's just a quick plug for them. Um, uh, I, I did not get paid to say that. I just wanted to say it is a really cool theater. Um, especially with the Oriental and how busy it is around that area. It's not far from the Oriental, but it's just far enough where there are less cars and activity around, and so it's a lot easier to find parking at the Downer. Um, highly suggest you go see this film wherever you can. See see if you can see it in theaters up on that big screen um, before you wait to rent it at home. Uh, moving on, uh, I'd like to talk about what I'm looking forward to. There's this new film out there called Boy Erased that I am very interested in. Um, it looks like it deals with uh, very difficult subjects to talk about. Um, and it looks like it has powerful performances from uh, Lucas Hengis, who is really doing cool things um, in in film uh, with Manchester by the Sea and Lady Bird um, and a few others that he's just, he keeps doing more and more and he's staying busy and I think this film is going to be really good for him. I think Russell Crowe has a very interesting um, performance based on the trailer and then Nicole Kidman who is an actress that I'm not particularly a fan of, but for some reason I can't complain when she's in a film because she always does a phenomenal job. Um, so yeah, I am looking forward to Boy Erased. And song pick of the week. My song pick of the week is Beautiful Boy by John Lennon. I mean, after t after today's discussion... What what else would be more fitting? Check it out anywhere you can get music on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube. And that is my song pick of the week. All right, that's all I have for this week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in as always. Um, follow Real Talk on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts and leave a review to help attract new listeners. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you again next week.